Welcome to the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, big things happening in the great state of Georgia. Uh, we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. We want to say a big hello to our new audience at Frank's Speech. We're going to be on Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. for the 8 a.m. Eastern hour. Uh, we're probably going to have a second hour for CDM Espanol uh, on TV2, but we're on TV1, 8 a.m. I think that could change. Everything's kind of in flux right now. And where I'm here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Todd. Good to be with you. And we're really excited about being on Frank's Speech. We're going to bring you a lot of uh, really informative program. I think you'll find CDM content is different. It's informative. As a friend told me about the website, it's so smart. So uh, that's what we want to do. We want to bring good, informative news. We're not just talking heads, ranting with opinions, although I may do a rant from time to time. Uh, and we want to thank or ask everybody to go sign up for our no ad subscriptions, which give us some revenue every month. It's 10 bucks a month. You get access to all 13 of CDM sites across the globe. Uh, and you don't see any ads. People hate the ads popping up on their phone. So check out the top right corner of georgiarecord.com. There is a box for sign up here, subscribe for no ads. And that helps us uh, pay the bills and keeps the lights on and pay reporters and hire reporters. Please uh, sign up for our Rumble channel, subscribe at CDM One, all of our social media. We have a newsletter that goes out every night. So there's a, a lot of ways you can interact with the Georgia Record and CDM.press, but we're happy for the new audience. We have a packed show tonight, as always. Uh, the, the day has been blowing up. The phone has been blowing up over what's been going on at Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. And just so for our audience, for Frank, who may be new, the Georgia show, we bring you everything you need to know in Georgia, which is the centerpiece of saving the republic. Everything centers on Georgia. And so we're going to bring you that. But we're also going from time to time bring you other stories from around the world that impact Georgia and the rest of the country. So with that, we have the, the Mallory Staples, who is our legislative expert under the Gold Dome, downtown Atlanta. Uh, Alicia Houston is coming on. Talk about the deaths in Jordan, Chris Gleason and the David Cross. Welcome, Mallory. Thank you for having me. It's been quite 24 hours here. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, Bill. Take it from here. You bet. You bet. So, Mallory, you are the uh, the director, the state director for the Georgia Freedom Caucus. And I understand uh, you and some of the other members of the caucus were central to an event that happened just in the last 24 hours. So uh, why don't uh, let me let me flip it over to you. And could you describe briefly what what's happened? And then we're going to provide some data that backs all this up. Yeah, so we um, were able to acquire footage last night. Um, Vice Chairman Senator Colson Moore, our legislative director, Blake Bassham and myself, where we got real time footage of illegals being housed in the Hartsfield International Airport. There was a um, detail of soldiers, uh, U.S. soldiers there that were outside of the room, and we got live feed of that. We, we brought the receipts. So there's been some chatter for quite some time that this was going on. Um, I flew back from Texas in 2020 with nine illegals on my flight. So other people told those stories as well. And um, we were able to get um, that on film, which is really powerful. It's hard to um, deny when you're you're watching it. <laughs> So the, so this morning in the uh, Senate chamber, um, Senator Colton Moore, who was with you last night, um, described the event. So if we could, let's go to that. We'll listen to him describe it. And I'd like to come back, get a few more thoughts. We'll explore where this happened and, and help people understand what we're really finding, what you guys really found. Let's do it. 
Thank you, Mr. President. I come to the well and appoint a personal privilege today to share my experience of what happened to me yesterday. Um, a whistleblower reached out to my office and said, I've got something mighty disturbing going on at the Atlanta airport. He was a worker at the Atlanta airport. He said on Mondays and Tuesday nights between about 7 and 11 o'clock at night, he said illegal immigrants come into the Atlanta airport. He said they bring them right through the domestic terminal. He said, I think you should come out and take a look. So yesterday I did. I went to the Atlanta airport and I showed up at that domestic terminal and he said they'll be clear as day. They'll be walking right out. I waited for about two and a half hours. I looked at every single person coming out and I only saw one or two people that you might suspect as being an illegal immigrant. And finally, the whistleblower comes over to me and he says, Senator, you're looking in the wrong place. He said, they're up there on the second floor. You got to go up there. He said, you'll see two members of the U.S. Army sitting outside of a door. He said, tell them I sent you. And I did, Mr. President. I went up there and I walked past some caution tape and there I had a man behind me with a, with a cell phone. He was videotaping all this. And I go up to the U.S. Army man and I said, sir, I said, I'm Senator Colt Moore. I represent Northwest Georgia. I said, I hear there's some illegal immigrants around here. Could you point me in the right direction? And he pointed at the door across the way. Mr. President, about that time, that door opened. And I stepped inside, and it was full of people from all corners of the globe. There were NGOs there sorting paperwork between them. Some of them were walking out and out onto the streets of Atlanta. Others were vying for a ticket somewhere else. Mr. President, I grabbed my phone and I proceeded to reach up above the people who were trying to stop me to get a video. At that point, the member of the U.S. Army grabbed that phone and he and I had a tussle as he took it away from me. But I ended up grabbing it and taking it myself. Video footage, Mr. President, of a president of the United States, who I call King Biden, allowing human traffickers and using the United States Army to protect them as they are being transported through our airport. Mr. President, it's extremely frustrating to me when we have a governor who says he stands with Texas, but yet our National Guard is at the southwest border taking orders from the President of the United States and not from the governor of Georgia. Mr. President, I hope this Senate can pass a resolution recognizing the current crisis that we have of illegal immigrants. Another member of my staff was at the airport as well, and he was kind of taken aback when a custodian was yelling for help. Does anyone speak Spanish yesterday? Does anyone speak Spanish? Mr. President, there was a man from Central America who did not know English and was illiterate in Spanish who came in on one of those airplanes and he was having an anxiety attack. He was panicked. All he knew is he had to get to Chatsworth, Georgia. The member of my staff asked the custodian, said, how do you feel about this? He says, this happens every single day. He said, I'm the lowest paid person at this airport and these people who are coming in, I, I want to help them as a fellow human, but I just don't know what to do. The crisis is under our nose, Mr. President, and I hope that even this Senate will find the courage to maybe grant the Government Oversight Committee subpoena power, because I think there's a lot of people at that airport that ought to be subpoenaed by this Senate, this Republican-controlled Senate, 
and get some answers to the human trafficking that's right under our nose. And I thank you for this point of personal privilege, Mr. President. So, Mallory, you were in the airport with Colton while uh, most of this was going on. Tell us what tell us how this felt and what your experience was. Um, it's surreal, really. I, I think the most jarring thing was the anger when um, they were leaving the uh, officers or the soldiers continued to like scream at them profanities and things like that. Mm. Um, it was very validating on the one hand because we have proof of something going on that has not been not just addressed, but it hasn't been recognized by the leadership of the state. Yeah. So that, that there was this incredible wave of relief. We'd been there for so long. We thought, gosh, this was just a waste of our time. And then to, to see it was like, Oh, it was a huge relief, but, but shocking all at the same time. The- yep. We're going to, we're going to show the video of the actual encounter, if you will, in a minute. I did want to kind of help people understand where this, where this occurred. So let me, let me pop this up. So here's anybody that traveled through Hartsfield will recognize, you know, the place to meet a quarter million of your favorite friends. Um, and so if we take an overhead view um, we're going to hear that this was up on the uh, the actual encounter was up on the second floor and there's a meeting room you're going to see within the video. And it's um, uh, for those that understand the airport, it it is similar to being above sort of the next level up from the escalators that you come up as you're coming toward baggage claim after leaving flights. Is that about right? Yes. If you came up those escalators, you'd make a U-turn. It'd be behind yep. you on the second floor. Yep. So let's let's for, for a minute. We're going to roll the video of the actual um, encountering these folks, and you'll first see um, Senator Moore and uh, his colleague in an elevator as they make their way up to that floor and then approach this room. Well, you want to show that. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. So I want to pause for just a minute. In the upper part of the screen, you can see that Senator Moore is talking to a gentleman in military, U.S. military garb. They have the government I think he's one. How's it going, man? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Transporting anybody anywhere? Yeah, we're all getting in place to, to where they need to be. Okay, where do they need to be? All over the place. Where are they coming from? As in, like, country of origin, yeah. stuff like that? All Also all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. You know when they come into the U.S.? Why, can I ask you why you're asking these questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The center from Northwest Georgia. Yeah. And uh, not a big fan of human trafficking. Just want to make sure oh, everything's yeah. above board here. Yeah, so these are just uh, do recently documented travelers getting released from ICE, getting to where they need to be. Yeah. So your airport a company of volunteers. Yeah. Team Liberty. Yeah. Okay. Is that a uh, is that a non government organization? What is that? Yeah. yeah. So you receive how'd you get the job? I'm a volunteer. I mean I just there's people that they get dropped off here from ice detention with no help, so we just Yeah. Sounds good, man. Care if we? Uh, good? Yeah, you care if I come in? Just take a little closer look. I mean, you can stand right there. I'm, I'm, okay. I don't know you that very. I don't know you very well either. So yeah, just let me, let me get a video. If you know. uh, actually, you cannot get a video. No. no. You cannot get a video. No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. No. You're done. Okay. So what you just saw was somebody taking, uh, from what we have been reported, uh, taking the phone from uh, Senator Colton Moore's hand, and he had to wrestle it back. So a um, couple observations. One is they, they seemed very calm up to the point where he wanted to get documentation and pictures. Okay. And two, mm -hmm. they had no compunction with getting physical with a, stand, a sitting senator for the state of Georgia. That's and right. we should say that these were the army personnel that came over and assaulted yeah, him. Yeah, the army personnel put their mm -hmm. hands on the senator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So recently documented travelers, that's a new term for me. That was something I think I heard this gentleman that uh, Senator Moore was speaking to utter. Do we know what that even means? No, we don't. And our whistleblower said that they um, drill into them and really demand that they not call them illegals. They're not allowed to call them illegals at the airport. Right. Yeah. I suspect that as we go forward, we'll be doing a lot more research on this organization that he referred to. You may have heard it. I said team. And at first I thought it was Liberty. It's not. It's Libertad. Team Libertad. Liberty. It's Liberty in Spanish. So um, I think uh, given, given the time that we have this evening, I think we'll talk more about the experience, but um, my suspicion is we'll be doing a lot more research into that organization and the other organizations that it may be associated with. Um, what, what have you heard to, um, let me ask it a different way. Col uh, Senator Moore spoke on the Senate floor this morning. What was the reaction on the floor while, uh, while he was speaking? Um, I would say over half the senators left. Um, Did you say left? Left. Left the floor. It was. They didn't want to hear it. Yeah. It was sparsely populated on the Senate mm. floor. And the ones that were there, <clears throat> their facial expressions were really, um, they looked pained, very unpleasant. They were not happy to be there. They were not happy to listen to him. And um yeah, they do that to him a lot, actually. So, but you would think on an issue like human trafficking, 
it would be an appropriate time uh, to cross party lines, to put aside caucus differences. I mean, just, I'm telling you, we have such terrible people in government. And, and I mean that. I, I just, um, you know, I was talking to um, Atlanta Commissioner Bridget Thorne on the way home, and we were just, just commiserating together that, that it is no wonder we are in the, the position that we are in as a nation and as a state, because the people that are in charge are just so subpar. They're, they're just so subpar. And to not sit in attendance for something this important, to not, I, I just, and it's so disrespectful. I mean, you've got one member of the General Assembly who has been acknowledged by President Trump for the good work that he's doing and fighting for freedom. You have one. You have one. And you would think that when he steps up to speak, they would want to hear what he has to say. I mean, at least the Republicans. I mean, he's the freedom guy. He's the people's senator, as they call him. Yeah. It's uh, it's just it's pathetic, really. So, so after the after this encounter, um, they I guess they left the area. What happened next? Well, um, so he and Blake were followed out by the soldier and he was just spewing terrible, terrible language. And I could hear Colton saying, I don't know why you feel the need, sir, to use that kind of language. Um, Blake was very quickly sending the video out in case they came and tried to, you know, confiscate his phone. And we left shortly thereafter because the, the environment was just not comfortable okay I, I have some i have some breaking information here the patch the unit is the u.s army 194th armored brigade from fort benning or fort moore georgia hmm. so so have we seen reaction to this this was a uh, senator moore spoke at what approximately 10 o'clock or thereabouts mm -hmm. that about right have we mm -hmm. seen reaction from senators house members uh, Governor Kemp, anybody else given this information? This We're talking about, it, it, just to summarize, we're talking about military personnel guarding people mm -hmm. that are termed, you know, recently documented travelers, which sounds like a loosely framed euphemism. And have we heard anything from the leaders of this state? No. And we're, we're, we have been made aware that when he started speaking about this, the governor's office was notified to watch and hear his speech um, beyond like gossip, like, oh, we heard, you know, that's there was no no action, no real concern from from anybody. I mean, the it's gone viral for sure, but not we haven't heard anything from the governor at all, which is interesting because, you know, Marty, her big um, initiative, what is it, the Compassion Project, something, is looking. So, right, I would think that there would be a very high level of sensitivity to this topic and subject matter. But so far, I don't think the mayor of Atlanta, the governor, or anyone has has made a statement or or reached out. So this this is a big deal, guys. I want to make you aware. This is an active duty training unit at Fort Benning. Hmm. This has huge implications. This is posse comitatus. This is U.S. 
military under civilian control mm. working against civilian leadership in the U.S. I mean, this is fascinating. I mean, and, and the is, civilian leadership is quiet about it. So, what does that mean? Well, it, it you, the U.S. military cannot act against U.S. citizens, especially state senators. Mm -hmm. you, you it's just outrageous. You know, it should be mm -hmm. the top story in the country. Well, other questions for the moment, Todd? No, I'm I'm kind of speechless here. I got to think this through. I, yeah. So one, you you were you were physically there with with these folks. You just weren't in the shot. Is that right, Mallory? Mm -hmm. So one, mm -hmm. thank thank you and congratulations and kudos for having the courage to be there. This thing turned into a little bit of a little bit of drama, but it sounds like it could have gone even further without um, without perhaps a bit of luck. But we, we appreciate that. We, uh, we, we give credit to the Georgia Freedom Caucus for orchestrating the um, operation, we'll call it for the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will look forward to hearing more. I bet there will be more in the coming days. No, well, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank well, you, Mallory. Keep interested. Yeah, I appreciate it, y'all. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks All for right. everything. Take care. So this is really shocking, Bill. I mean, we, we have to talk about this. You've got Governor Kemp, who is on Twitter talking about how he's going to stop these illegals and running around in his truck and his gun and, you know, uh, going to support Texas. Meanwhile, you can't tell me he doesn't know there's a huge human trafficking organization being run through his state through the airport. And, and, and there, it's not just that. You have the issue in Jordan where three Georgian soldiers were just murdered, essentially, because you had no protection. They were, from what I'm being told, they were in tents in the desert at this Tower 22 with no protection. Um, a drone comes through. And, and why are our soldiers there with no protection? I mean, and you have Kemp over at the World Economic Forum meeting with the people who want forever wars and who want to, uh, you know, depopulate the earth because we're all useless eaters. I mean, were these three brave soldiers useless eaters? You got less crickets to feed? I mean, it, it's just insane. And then you add the machine issues on top of that that we've had in court. Where is Kemp? Where is the governor of Georgia? Where is the, sec or the attorney general? I mean, these people didn't deserve this. They, they didn't deserve to die that way. I'm sorry for losing my religion, but it just pisses me off. So let's bring in Alicia. I'm sorry. Okay. There we are. Alicia, you're a West Point grad. You're a successful businesswoman. Um, what are your thoughts on this? How is this impacting the African-American community in Atlanta? Hey, Todd and Bill. Great question. Um, I don't even think it has a, a color component to it. I think it just has a yeah. military component. And I'm right there with you on everything. Yeah. For active duty soldiers from a heavy armored unit, at Fort Moore to be manhandling state senators at the airport and telling them that they can't record in a public place, which is still boggling my mind, not to mention just the logistics of this, right? Who's, yeah. who's paying for airfare? How are they getting through security or is there security? Are they being screened at all? What if they have communicable diseases? What if all these other things that we're thinking about, what if they're being trafficked across state lines? Where'd they come from? I, I don't think they, you know, came across from the ocean in Savannah. So how did they get here? Where'd they come from? How is this, who put them on orders to go do this at the airport, right? Exactly. All of these things for all of us who've traveled Hartsfield that are mm -hmm. from Atlanta. I know what I go through just to get on a plane here. So I'm wondering 
as you're speaking, how is all this happening with active duty soldiers, number one? Yeah. And then as I read about the soldiers that were killed in Jordan, I'm reading that one of them was an E4 in the Mm -hmm. National Guard, and she had Mm -hmm. already been deployed to Djibouti and Kuwait and was in Jordan. Mm-hmm. We have soldiers right now in like 180 different countries around the world doing all kinds of things, protecting borders in Ukraine and apparently the Jordan and Syrian border where this attack happened and drones were able to come in with no air support, keeping them from killing soldiers in their sleep. I have so many questions that are unanswered and I'm just as infuriated as you are by all of this because it's it's adding insult to injury to be using American soldiers to do this. When none of these people that are making these decisions would send their sons or daughters or spouses or anyone in their family to go die in these places. How can they say to these families that what their children have sacrificed in paying this ultimate sacrifice is worth it? What did they die for? Well, according to the, you know, the press officer for the administration, they died for the administration, which I found (laughs) extremely disgusting. And, um, you know, there's another 40 individuals who are seriously wounded. Correct. They're, and think about Afghanistan. About. Yeah. Same thing. There were 13 mm-hmm. people killed there, but there were so many more that have been irrevocably wounded. And how much more would we have been able to defend the air on the Jordan and Syrian border if we had Bagram Airport still available to us? I mean, exactly. there's it's it's like we're doing it exactly backwards. And how is it that we can say that we need to spend $80 billion and and who knows how many soldiers going over to Ukraine. Because you can't just send air defense artillery and heavy ammunition and tank rounds to Ukraine. There has to be people to show them how to work that, and exactly. to secure the equipment and to take it over there. And, and I was a quartermaster officer. So for me, I'm always thinking, who's signing for this stuff? Where's yeah. the inventory list? Where's the, the, the audits and the inventories and the accountability for all of these things? And it's... It's infuriating to think that I'm your group Y2K, right? 2000 um, out of West Point and, mm-hmm. and I had bad knees, so I never deployed. But everybody in our year groups formed the most battle-hardened all-volunteer military that we've ever seen. 20 years in war, nonstop, seven, eight deployments for anybody who did five years or more. And they were happy to do it and they volunteered for it. I'm fourth generation Army. I don't know if I would want my kids to be fifth gen right now. And I hate I to even say that or think that, but what what are we doing? And to have such a rapid reversal of everything that the military has stood for so fast. They, number two on the list of things that you do at officer training right now is transgender awareness yeah. training. That's literally the second thing they teach you at school now when you go to train to be a warfighter. It's just yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the sorry, Bill, one more point. No, the fine. issue I have also is that I think Biden wanted these deaths. He said a week before that, that sooner or later, some of them are going to be killed and then we're going to have a chance to attack Iran. So I think this is the motivation, which, again, is just disgusting. I mean, these are real people. I want to say, say their damn names. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, if you can say I mean, one Brianna's name, you can say this Brianna's name that was killed in action yeah. in Jordan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So just go ahead, Bill. So, uh, Alicia, one of the questions I have, we heard about some interesting reaction actually following this film, this event that we saw with Senator uh, Moore. They they seemed to, to follow them out um, at yelling obscenities and so forth. And these are the these are the gentlemen or people in uniform. 
have you what's your feeling about that that seems like odd behavior especially given you know the values that that you and and todd are describing folks would have been trained with right well nobody's doing anything without orders and rules of engagement in hand so if i'm if i'm a soldier that's stationed at fort benning fort moore and i come down on orders to go deal with illegal human trafficking of illegal aliens at the atlanta airport there's a briefing that they have to sit in a room and get on how it's going to go. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Here's your rules of engagement and so forth, which means one of two things happened. Either the soldier that you saw on video was blatantly disrespecting their rules of engagement and completely disobeying everything they were told to do, or they were given orders to keep people out of that room and protect the room at any cost and make sure that nobody could show up or capture video or so on. And I had to look that up because I wasn't even sure how that works, right? Mm -hmm. First Amendment right to record in a public place. How does that happen in the airport? Mm -hmm. There was a big lawsuit about that with TSA people who said, no, you can't record me mm. because I'm TSA. I'm government, right? But you actually can as long as you don't interfere with them doing their job. Well, you they may had recall. a right to be there and a right to record. So there's a yeah. lot. You may there. recall there was a Second Amendment challenge with regard to the area in the airport outside of security some years ago, and um, they they determined that in fact you can um, carry firearms, but you cannot pass through security with them. But in the airport and regularly, you that would be permitted at least in that uh, when that finding was uh, was grounded. Did uh, if it was right, they wouldn't be doing it in the dark of night upstairs in the atrium. That's right. They'd That's be right. walking and it, security just like the rest of us. And, and, and in an unusual area, from what I understand, this is behind and above the exit escalators. And I've been through that airport oh, hundreds of times myself. I've never been to that area. There was no, no reason to ever go there. It appeared to be just offices. No, at most, we stay things. in the atrium if we have a long layover or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Before you go through security and sit at the gate, you yeah. can have the restaurants and the food court. But who goes upstairs there? Yeah, That's it's right. a great point. And I think, Todd, you nailed it with who's protecting the military right now, right? We're supposed to support and defend the Constitution. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of people who are still willing to do that, although much less than normal. Our mm -hmm. army's the smallest it's been since World War II. But everybody back home is supposed to be protecting them. Exactly. Who's, That's my who's... point. Why isn't Kemp up Biden's you-know-what? How dare you have my guys deployed over there with no protection? Correct. I mean, how, National how Guard at that. You? So why are yeah. they deployed in the first place? These are these We're are not weekend, at war. these are weekend warriors. You know, they're 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 not full time active duty soldiers. Right. They, so they when don't have the training. KIA has already yeah. been on three deployments downrange to Kuwait, Djibouti, and now Jordan. Yeah. Where she's KIA, that just gives me so many questions as to what they're doing. Well, another another possibility. You know, we had the truckers up in Canada in the uh, the Mounties that ran the old woman in the wheelchair over with the horses. Oh, you know, the, the theory was that those weren't real police, that they'd put other people in uniform that were, you know, willing to do that kind of thing to people. But if we they're wearing active duty armor brigade patches, that's a whole yeah. other situation. Well, you're right. And not I'm just that saying. we lost two Navy SEALs that nobody's yeah, exactly. talking about either. Exactly. It's and what All were right. the Navy SEALs doing in these situations? I mean, you know, the Houthis and everything that's going on there. And we've got Airplanes running off the runway in Hawaii and so many helicopter crashes. Who's maintaining yeah. the equipment? Who's making sure that all these things are taken care of so that yeah. our soldiers can do their job safely? Well, there needs to be 
big questions for Governor Kemp and Joe Biden. And, you know, this is just more more motivation to make changes in a few months. So, yeah, I mean, I live in Fulton County. I can tell you, regardless of race, everybody's just frustrated. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're a Republican in Georgia. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's sitting here seeing visibly seeing our election be stolen in 2020. And, you know, Rudy Giuliani has to pay them one hundred and fifty million dollars for some reason. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's supposed to be conservative, to your point, you know, I'll put mm-hmm. these illegals in my pickup truck and ride them out of here. And I mm-hmm. said it, you know, where are they? Mm-hmm. Where have they been yeah. since 2020? They're in Davos. They're in all these other places, but they're not here taking care of us. And Fulton County is in the news for all the wrong reasons all the time, from Fannie Willis to elections to Fulton County Jail being under investigation again. Who's running this place and who's keeping well, what them accountable I, for when they blatantly break the law? What I say is they're not working for the people of Georgia or the people of the United States are working for somebody else. That's just the bottom line, in my opinion. That's about the only conclusion you can draw because it's you yeah. can't be that incompetent Yeah, and, and least- be that effective at the same time. Thank you very much. We want to have you back on. Your voice is needed. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Short Thanks for having me, Jens. Appreciate you. Take care. Bye. Uh, I love talking to Academy grads. Um, yep. So let's run an ad for our good friend, Glade Miller-Smith. And I may be out of order here, Bill. So sorry. I just No, no. We're all good. Here we go. All right. It's going to be a good day. Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Let me just say for our new audience at Frank's Beach, if you are looking for beef that has no mRNA and fantastic taste and support a small family farm, go to familyfarmbeefbox.com. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, okay, so uh, our next uh, guest this evening is Chris Gleason. Let's bring him in. Yeah. Mr. Gleason, thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Oh, um, it's a bang-up day, man. <laughs> Another day in paradise. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, um, you're a wealth of information, and uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's been happening in the media that uh, people that say they are MAGA – and then flip and then show they're not when they're in office. And then for some reason, conservative media is fanboying. I mean, I don't really understand it. So uh, talk to us about uh, the issues down in Florida with with that kind of situation. Sure. So uh, going back about a year ago, um, I was pushing really hard um, with my counterparts here for – some clarity, some transparency with regards to these uh, machine things, these anomalies. That's what they were. That's what everybody wanted to call them back then. Um, And we needed some clarification, particularly on these blank ballot issues. And uh, my counterpart in Lee County, uh, a fantastic patriot named uh, Chris Quackenbush, 
she was um, really holding the supervisor of elections feet to the fire there. And we had just begun to open up a uh, another front into the machine irregularities. And as we now know, fraud in, in Hillsborough County. But Chris was doing a really good and thorough job of fleshing out this issue. And there was a, a person who held himself out um, as uh, America First MAGA. Um, and he, the good people in Lee um, helped get him elected to be the head of the, uh, the uh, executive, Republican Executive Committee there. Mm -hmm. uh, Lee County Republican Executive Committee. And he, as soon as he got in, he quickly uh, did everything he could to shut down uh, Chris's investigation into the blank ballots. And caused, it, it caused some, some issues there. Um, when I found out about it, I called him out on it publicly. And I, um, things got a little heated and ugly between mm -hmm. me and I, and he explained to me the, the problem with us people in election integrity are that we just don't understand how things really work in politics. And I said, oh, okay, all right, well, that's news to me. So uh, a replacement was found for my counterpart in Lee County, and then they shut him down too, same guy, Michael Thompson. And mm -hmm. uh, so as it turned out, and this came from Michael himself, he was offered a, a bribe, kind of like a, a cookie, you know? Hey, if you shut down any of this investigation into the machines, you know, we'll make you the head of election integrity for the Florida Republican Party. And apparently uh, his uh, standing in his, uh, his seat with the Republican Party of Florida uh, was more important than us actually obtaining uh, information that now turns out to be probably one of the biggest bombshells anywhere across the country um, because of the big cheat via blank ballots, and which are essentially voters who had their right to cast a ballot interfered with. The voters yeah. had their right to have their votes counted accurately. And you're, you're talking about the blank ballot issue, which we've gone into in depth. And you essentially, yeah. your, your team, not just you, but others discovered and have made very public. And, you know, that's how they're cheating with the machines is basically the blank ballot issue. So that's I mean, you know. it, it's the hugest it, it, it's the silver bullet to solve standing and all of this stuff. And so for somebody who really should be about America first, right? Um, trying to shut down the investigation into that. You know, I, I have some questions mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense because this these same, a lot of these same media outlets that are giving him coverage are the mm -hmm. same media outlets that don't want to cover perhaps yeah. the biggest story. <laughs> They won't talk about the blank ballot issue. Curious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I just, you got to yeah. ask why. Why yeah. is that? So, well, go ahead, Bill. 
So, uh, so Chris, one of the other very timely issues is that uh, the Senate has now moved forward to prepare to investigate Fannie Willis and her um, both her relationship, money flow, her conduct, and other things um, based on uh, what they've already observed, and they've they're taking action to be able to empower a panel to look into her. Um, some of what you found uh, in the past would relate to this as well. Could you give us again just a a uh, two or three minute synopsis of what you spotted with what uh, is termed smurfing that would relate directly to Fannie Willis and that uh, this panel will uh, be asked to consider. Sure. So we found some interesting stuff with Fannie in particular. Um, we identified the typical pattern tied to Act Blue with the illegal campaign finance contributions being made in the name of elderly people all across the United States. Um, one of the things that we that was unique about Fannie Willis was um, we ended up identifying how a lot of these Smurfs and donors were actually um, registered to vote in multiple states, and they were donating in all these different states. And... So there was this one woman um, that we identified as having uh, donated in both Michigan and in Florida. And she was registered to vote in Michigan and in Florida. And she, as luck would have it, she just so happened to uh, live in the city, uh, two cities over from me. So took a drive over there. And sure enough, there were some shenanigans. And so what was great about Fannie is that a lot of the donors who were listed on her campaign finance report, all right, they're not from Georgia and they are 100% tied to this nationwide uh, money laundering RICO campaign finance fraud enterprise. So How, were you able to get a sense of the uh, total contributions that would have accrued perhaps for Fannie Willis based on your findings? Um, off the top of my head, I forget. It was a, it was a pretty significant amount though. And it was congruent with um, what we saw elsewhere. The other thing that was uh, quite curious with Fannie Willis was that um, she had a large number of anonymous donors where they didn't have to, um, give the name and and based on the fact patterns and based on the fraud um any number of those uh small donor uh small donors that stayed below a certain threshold so they didn't have to disclose the name um i, I i'm willing i'm a bet i'm not really a betting man i only bet on really short things but i'll bet on that that there's uh a very large number of those there, yeah. a very large number of those there. Yeah. Also, this is what we were seeing with Joe Biden. And we, you know, Georgia is, it has a huge role to play in all of this, by the way, um, especially uh, due to the fact that the former counsel for the Fair Fight Act, Fair Fight Action, she is now the head of the Federal Elections Commission. 
Surprise, surprise, surprise. Chris, we got to move on. But one question for you. What, you're a former Army soldier. What do you think about active U.S. Army manhandling civilian politicians? Uh, yeah, that's definitely not okay. Uh, no. Seems like a bit of a violation of a few laws. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, this is what happens when we don't have real elections. We have... We have an out-of-control government that's illegitimate. And, I mean, if you're willing to overthrow the government through unlawful means, what's a little manhandling? There you go. Chris, thank you very much. All right. Have a great night. Thank you, Chris. Did we, Oops, we, had, him off a little bit. we haven't run David's ad, have we? We have not as yet. Yeah, let's do that now, and then we'll bring him on. Okay. Sounds good. Give me just a moment. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. Mr. Cross. Okay. Here we are. David Cross, thank you so much for joining us. Gentlemen, I was, you know, you, you told me this is such a special night. I was going to have my wife sit down here with me. We we're going to like <laughs> pop some champagne. You know, I even, I even got my, you know, my pipe tobacco. Wow. Mm, you know, just, you know, but this is like a regular show. This is, come on, you guys got to like party it up a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, with it, with as, as concerning as the, the initial story was this evening, it's tough to, it's tough to you know break out the pipe tobacco at least on my end. So it's uh it's it's one of those days. You know some days are made for news. This is one of them. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, what, so, what are we at now? Like seven million people have like invaded the country right now, and now we have military aged Chinese guys coming across the line, and and the Chinese, the Chinese are over there going. You know, there's this book that was that people found in 1999 called unrestricted warfare and we told you we're gonna do this yeah and they're doing it so i mean I, we shouldn't be surprised and our government is helping them that's what is still shocking to me with you know now we've infiltrated the last institution which is the u.s military actively involved in this so um very dire. Uh, tell us about the markets. Oh, it, it, you know, that's your specialty and you run U.S. Asset Management and you're a great sponsor of the show. Uh, you're also the third vice or second vice chair of the GOP in Georgia. Highly uh, knowledgeable on election integrity. But markets are your your passion. Tell us what you think is happening right now, because I'm hearing a lot that, you know, the bottom's falling out, but equities are still going up. It's classic, you know, end of a bull run. What do you think? Well, as I've said before, I've had a lot of conversations like this with, with people um, recently. And and one of the things that, that I think is, is happening, I'm going to break this into two pieces. Mm -hmm. One is like what's going on now and then kind of what is the end game like mm -hmm. further out? And I don't know how, how, how long further out is. But today, like in, in our own portfolios, um, we raised a ton of cash. I mean, something mm -hmm. does not smell right right now. Um, the 30-year Treasury bond, they they just could not get enough of it. You know, it it took a it took a beating yesterday and then went right back to the high for the day and went and went higher. 
And then today it did the same thing. It, it took you a think that's the like Fed jumping in and buying? What do you think that is? I mean, no, I think it's, you know, so, so what happens is, is um, I don't think that's the Fed buying. I think that's, there's so much money sloshing around in the system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you can make a lot of money on bonds because, I mean, let's face it, in, in the world that I live in, if you wanted to, it'd be very stupid, but you can, and there's lots of idiots that do, that they'll go out and they'll lever these bonds like 10x. So they right. can, you know, a 1% move turns into 10%, a 10% move turns into 100%. That's and the big so short. That's the big short theory. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of strange things that are happening, but, you know, we just, you know, think things are, things are getting frothy, particularly, you know, in semiconductors, people are now starting to have conversations about, you know, Hey, this stock is trading like at 50 times earnings or a hundred times earnings or 50 times cash flow, which is a different, you know, multiple, um, or maybe a hundred times cash flow. And, you know, and, the thing is, is that if you're the owner of a company, if you're if you're gonna if you're like one person and you go buy like all the stock in one company that's trading at a hundred times cash flow, it's gonna take you a hundred years to get your investment back. And I'm a long-term investor, but not that long-term. <laughs> and I think there's I think there's there's better deals out there, and maybe we're gonna see some rotation. But you know, we just said today today was our was our risk off kind of thing today, so we raised a, a, a you know a bunch of cash today. And we'll see. I mean, who, who knows? Like in the next, in the next, you know, couple of weeks or so, maybe maybe things go higher. But we we move quite a bit higher. But on to point two, which is like kind of like what what's the what's the end game? I've been having a lot of conversations with people saying I'm scared about like what's happening. Our country is printing so much money, and it seems like things are going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of research. I mean, you can go back and look at Weimar Germany. You can look at Venezuela just last year. I mean, their currency went down by 75%, but their stock market went up 300%. And the stock market didn't go up 300% because it was such a screaming good deal. It went up 300% because there was that much money being printed and it needed to find a home. So it went into assets that would inflate with inflation. So I think we're on the same road. I just don't know if our road is two years, three years, five years, 10 years, you know, 10 years long. But one of the things I've been telling folks is that the ways that you that you that you protect your purchasing power in the long in the long run is you have to own things. You have to own things like stocks. You have to have equity. You have to own things like you know real estate, or real estate you know proxies, and you have to own things like gold and silver. Um, you know bonds and cash do terrible in an environment where governments are printing you know huge amounts of money. But the overriding theme with a lot of people lately, as I've told them. You need to be prepared for a day when we have like this black swan event, which just means like you're starting to hear like a crash that, that might happen. And like, I don't know, we attack Iran and, you know, they attack yeah. us back, something like that. Yeah. 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 So, so you have like this black swan event. And what I'm trying to tell people is that when that happens, <clears throat> everything's going to look like it's diving to zero. And what you have to do is you have to have you know, a well thought out plan enough that you say, you know what, I'm not looking at TV. I'm not looking at stock quotes today. I'm positioned in the places I need to be. You leave it alone. And if the government does end up doing something stupid, like, you know, printing 10 times more money than they have right now, then everything goes to Mars um, or goes to infinity like it did in, you know, in 1923 in Germany. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a complex world we live in right now. You talk about buying assets that inflate, you know, in Eastern Europe, when they have currency issues, they, they all go buy TVs and cards because it's something they can sell back when the assets, you know, deflate or whatever. Um, but let me ask you this. There's a scene in the, the big short where he's at a strip club and he's talking to a stripper and she says, 
yeah, I have five houses or something like that. Or, you know, or right. the taxi driver who's giving you stock tips. Have you heard those kind of, uh, uh, you know, stories where it's obvious that there's we're nearing a top? I haven't heard anything like that because uh, honestly, yeah. um, I think I think a lot of people in, in those kind of situations, um, they've really been marginalized with the with the inflation that we've had that's gone on. A lot of their money has been redirected towards just like everyday living, you know, living expenses, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been excess cash to go to be able to buy stocks and real estate. And they don't have the they don't have the lending ability and plus interest rates are higher. So I'm not hearing a lot about that. But a lot of what we're hearing right now is is um, you know, is talk about like the artificial intelligence, AI everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why you see, you know, see some of these stocks doing so well is because I remember back in, in you know, in two thousand you know, any company Yeah, in any any company, you know, you, there was literally a company called Pets Inc. And they changed their name to pets.com and the stock went up like four hundred percent in three days. Um, <laughs> I remember that. Are we going to see the same kind of thing happen there? I don't know, but that's that's the that's the insanity we're seeing right now. On the on the international front, um, it seems that some other countries may be moving away from a traditional mix of petrodollars more toward the BRICS model. What do you what do you make of that, uh, David? I think there's I think there's potential that's going on there, but. What was really funny is I saw so I've got I've got a really close friend that, that that's Indian and he and I've been friends for like 20 years and I was talking with like somebody brought up the fact that you know India is now going to be you know dealing with Saudi Arabia and they're going to be buying oil in rupees and he he said David he said the Indians don't want rupees he's like I, I don't know why the Saudis are going to want rupees either but um, but I think we're going to see more of that because you know we're just seeing more. We're seeing more attention being paid to the fact that that you know the dollar has got has had so much power in the world in the last you know for a long time, and maybe that's gonna maybe that maybe that's gonna be curtailed a little bit. Is that one of the examples of where you say if things look really dire, just get make sure you're in a place where you don't panic? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you you have to you have to be invested in you know in a way that um, you have to be invested in something that represents ownership. So here's a here's a great example. If you own like one percent of the stock in like CD Media, all right, you know, or you know, and in the and it's and it's valued in dollars, and let's say that that value is like a hundred thousand dollars, and then the dollar crashes and it and it just goes away, like back in, in Genesis where the Pharaoh's money, you know went kaput. Um, a new currency will come along, you know, but if I own 1% of CD media, then at some point in the future, I'm still going to own 1% of CD media. It's just going to be denominated in something else. So that's, that's the way that, that, that you, that you protect yourself is with equity ownership. And it has to be with companies that are providing some type of value. So, or, or something that people want. So in 1929, when the stock market crashed, Coca-Cola stock, I think, was like run, run, running like $100, $110 a share. The 1929 crash happens. It goes all the way down to like $60. Bucks. Um, and a bunch of other companies like railroad companies and utility companies that had way too much debt, their stocks went from like $100 down to zero, and they just went out of business. But because Coca-Cola had no debt and they had something that people wanted, that stock recovered from 60, went back to 100, and then it went to 200, then it went to $240 in a very short period of time. So there are things that work when, you know, 
cataclysmic events happen, you just have to keep your eyes open and look for those opportunities. That's interesting. Did uh, what what should people be doing now uh, if they if they have questions? As an example, where where should they go for uh, for more learning? We listen. I, I would say reach out to reach out to us. You know, contact us at you know at us-am.com or look me up at us asset management. You know, um, and you can ask questions. We are really big on helping people understand and educate people, and I'm very big on helping people understand in layman's terms. And I and I kind of tease people, but I tell them too. I said, if I if you ever heard if you ever hear English words coming out of my mouth that you don't understand, then you need to stop me in my tracks and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, give it to me like in fifth grade. You know, speak to me at the fifth grade level. Well, given we'll, the fact you know, we'll, we'll do it. Given the fact you travel around the state to explain uh, what I find to be super complex, you know, voting role concepts and you know machine. Um, anomaly concepts, and yet people get it. Um, I, I suspect you have a way of communicating that seems to be quite effective. So, um, thank you, thank I you. So, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer that you know God gave some of us time, some of us talent, some of us treasure. Um, he gave me the talent to be able to explain concepts, you know, it, complex concepts in a way that people understand. That's great, Todd. David, thanks. That's all I got. Appreciate you uh, coming on, gentlemen. My pleasure. Congratulations. Take care. Thank you kindly. Oh well, Todd, this is this has been an interesting uh, day, um, given everything yeah. we've seen, and I it feels like many of these things are just the precursor to more more to come. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I heard somebody say recently that we're through this fourth turning or whatever, and we're like halfway to two thirds through it, but we got a lot more to go. But we're we're going to, the lot's going to be revealed in the near term, I think, as to what is actually happening. So, so maybe it makes sense to, to level set uh, the folks with uh, the, the new audience with Frank's speech as to what they're going to see throughout the week from, uh, from CDM to the extent that we can. Uh, we can't predict the news always. But. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a variety of shows. Um, uh, I have my show called Information Operation, where we really try to break down what's happening in the info ops that the, the cabal is running against the American people in Western <clears throat> civilization. And we have two shows a week of the Georgia show. So that is, you'll see that on Frank uh, Monday and Thursday, I, I think. Uh, and we also have a show called Eurobytes, which is fantastic. It's talking about the European perspective of what's happening in the, in the revival of Christian civilization in Europe. So I think you'll find all of this really fascinating, really different and it'll make it uh, your your must see TV on on Frank's speech at eight o'clock every morning, and you know I think we'll over time we'll work on growing that, and then CDM.press is growing its own media uh, channel as well. So we're going to have a lot going on, and uh, thank you for su your support. And please just tell people about us and, and follow our social media, follow our Rumble channel, uh, follow our newsletter we send out daily across. We have thirteen websites. If you go to CDM.press at the top. You can see CDM sites and you can get literal coverage from Ukraine to Israel, to the Balkans, to Asia, to all over the United States in Hispanic or in Spanish and English. So that's all I got, Bill. And in, and in all of those, we're going to be bringing you truth. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it'll be fun. Sometimes it'll be, you know, troubling perhaps, but exactly. it'll be truth nonetheless. Thank you.